Craft Beer Radio, episode 269, November 17th, 2013. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we are doing a little bit of a rye experience tonight. It's a pretty cool sound intro. What was it? It was from the Fight Club original soundtrack. Oh, okay. Yeah, we definitely can't use that. <laughs> <laughs> where do you want to start? Um... Uh, well, let's go with, <laughs> I don't, you know, I didn't even get a chance to look up these things and, and, and get my notes. So you might want to pause for a second while I note these down. All right, we're back and now thoroughly researched. So we have three crafties and one craft. We could start with the craft. We could go by alcohol, by volume. <laughs> Uh, we could do some sort of random. Just pick one. I'm thirsty. All right, let's do the Arcadia. This is our the only uh, non-crafty of the night. So Arcadia Ales has their Sky High Rye. Uh, this is uh, their Rye Pale Ale. 55 IBUs, 6% alcohol by volume. It is brewed with 80% English barley malt and 20% rye malt. By the way, this is show 269, which means this is a prime number show. Always important to point those out. So hopefully this will be Very special. important. Yes. Your day wouldn't have been the same if we didn't point out that it was another prime <laughs> number. It's a twin prime, so 271 will be a prime number show, too. So oh. let's see. Let's see what the temperatures on these are. We have uh, the infrared thermometer, which will give us... Uh, 52.7. 54. That's pretty good. You know, ideally, maybe around 55, 56, probably. Mm, I mean, I don't know. We'll see once I taste it. But, I mean, it is a rye. It's not a real barley one or anything. So it really doesn't have to be yeah. 55. You know, we're not talking about super warm. It is a uh, cloudy yellow. Lots of uh, flecks of yeast or other sediment sitting in the bottom of the glass here. Poured with a fairly big shaving cream type head. There's a lemon coming off of that, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, get a lot of, of zingy CO2 smell, but there's also a touch of lemon. There's a, a pepperiness, potentially from the rye. Yeah. But there's a spiciness in the nose there. Almost a little... Hmm. I'm wondering if there's a little bit of a spoilage going on here too. Why do you say that? Smelling something that's almost like acetone, but it's not quite as hot and 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 um, you know um, accurate or not accurate, but you know it's not quite acetone. But I don't know. It's leading that way. maybe maybe the rise confusing me or something. But we'll see as I get into it more. I'm not smelling that. I'm smelling off, uh, off in the distance, sort of peaches. Maybe a slight grape. Hmm. Okay. The, the rye actually comes through... Mm-hmm. With uh, so, we've tried to we've tried to explain rye 
as a flavor and it's it's hard it, I, I feel that we failed yeah <laughs> you know i just because i never feel satisfied with being able to describe what it is but it's a it brings a slightest trinity and a slight spicy peppery note that basically magnifies the rest of of the malt and and, and some of the hops mm-hmm. i realize that's not a very it's it's not a great description but it's a hard one to do justice in this one if anything i could probably talk it off of other things that i can describe better where you know the benchmark here start with um you know, a wheat malt or something like that, where it's kind of grassy and lemony. And from there, drive away from the lemon, but towards a little bit peppery, right? But you still have some of that dry mouthfeel, you know, that kind of, um, chalky is not the right word, but you know, that drier texture from the wheat, but you're, you know, leaving that lemongrass, weedy type character and, and headed towards, you know, this, this peppery and... You mentioned, you know, peaches off in the distance. Yeah, there's. Almost, I'm getting a lot of actually like fresh peach. peach, in, or if, peach. If, if you let it sit on your mm-hmm. tongue, I, I taste a lot of actually fresh peach. Something a little here. floral going on. I almost go like peach blossom. I don't know how much experience I have with no. peach blossom. I mean, so. but you know how you know how fruit trees have a vaguely vague likeness to the fruit but you know it's this more florally thing right so if you're you know just not just saying no i've seen it happen but i don't know if i could say within my experience that that's necessarily the case it could be that that peach blossoms (laughs) smell nothing like peaches i don't know right but But you could also say you you could say the combination of peach with some floral components that are vaguely potpourri-esque Now, that being said, that 52 seemed like uh, warm enough. After the first sip or two, I've wanted to warm this up a little bit more, get mm-hmm. some more flavor out. I felt a little closed off at the temperature. It's getting to be a good temperature right now, which is 56.4. Yeah, so like Jeff says, there's a little bit of, of chalkiness, so a little bit of um, kind of a... The words are, are are just just fairly just failing me. A little bit of a flowery like mm-hmm. component, mm-hmm. Uh, and not not flowers in ter- in terms of oh, flower. you mean like grist, like ground, ground I mean flower? like yeah, ground flower um, around your your mouth, just just slightly, just a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like a drying component, and then there's that peach is a little bit of the the hops tend to push towards a piney note. Uh, a decent amount of resinous and, and bitterness that's coming through. I think it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I 6%, you know, one or two of these is probably good enough for you. But I think it's, it, it's, as interesting, I think it's not quite so balanced, but that works mm-hmm. in its favor. Yeah, I'm thinking this feels like a a summertime beer. You know, like hot and sweaty outside. Get one of these. You know, it's pretty refreshing, pretty dry, finishes clean. 
I mean, it doesn't have much of a linger to it, right? And uh, I just feel that this is, you know, if it would, you know, be a refreshing after you're done working. Not not quite lawnmower or pilsner or anything, but yeah. but more refreshing for summer. It's a darker red, they say on the website, pumpernickel. That's not a bad pull. I wish I hadn't read it before I, <laughs> before I said it. But I, I, you know, it, it's not you know white bread or biscuity, and I, I assume the rye malt contributes some to that, right? Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it's an enjoyable beer if you manage to get it. Where's Arcadia at? Battle Creek, Michigan. Mm, another Michigan beer. Nope. Those guys know what they're doing. All right. While we're doing rye, let's go to this other rye here. Mm-hmm. This is the Boulevard Brewing West Side Rye Ale. Last one had twenty percent rye. This one has thirty percent. This is part of their tasting room series, which I don't know all the details on, but they have slightly different labels and mm-hmm. stuff like that. <laughs> this is from Eric, our uh, listener from the last couple weeks that we've been drinking his beers. Thank you very much. So at 5.2% and 36 IBUs, this is malted with pale malt, malted rye, amber malt, melanoidin malt, midnight wheat, and rye is 30% of the total grist. Interesting. Best by December 8th, so it's well within its lifespan. Hmm. The the color is a a lightened tea color, sort of an iced tea. Hmm, I never noticed that before. The label, it's pretty prominent where it says Texas Ale, which I'm guessing is some kind of stupid requirement in Texas. It has to be labeled specifically as an ale for Texas. Hmm. This one says ale in Texas. Also, the the next uh, this landing kugels we got here. So I never saw, I never noticed it on the label saying in Texas this beer is an ale. <laughs> and uh, three of the beers here tonight have have that. Maybe even all four. No, no Arcadia's doesn't isn't an ale in Texas. So I've had, I'm, I'm trying to swirl this around, get some. We have our uh, our trick that we learned at Answer Bush to give it a little bit more surface area to get some more aroma out of it. And I'm still not able to really discern what's going on there. All right, so let's see. It has 10% more rye, but it doesn't have any of those spicy notes that the Arcadia had. What I am smelling is a sweet... Caramel, multi, almost reminds me of uh, almost like a barley wine type aroma, right? I mean, it's pretty, pretty sweet. It doesn't really smell like a brown ale. It smells too sweet for something like that. Uh, barley wine is a little strong because um, I, I expect like a, a considerably more sweetness coming out of it. But I see, I see the sweet notes that you're talking right, right. about. I mean, yeah, it doesn't smell boozy or anything yeah. like that. But there's really nothing else that. Uh, maybe uh, you know, sweet. Oh, I don't know. I mean, 
style-wise, I mean, I don't think it really is going to fall into any style, especially just from this nose on its own. So I'm not going to waste any more time on that. I'm going to take a sip. I feel wholly inadequate to describe the aroma I'm getting without really delving into it and wasting a lot of your time. So, <laughs> All right. First sip. It it starts off, it's, it's still, let's see, it's still a little cold on the tongue. The actual temperature is 54. And, uh, and really tasted, you know, it didn't taste too open at the very first sip, you know, we're acclimating from the last beer. Mm-hmm. It's still cold. I didn't get much early on. And then towards the end, it opened up a little bit, got a little bit of, uh, I have to take another sip. I've since <laughs> forgotten what I was going to say. There's a tangerine or orange-like mm-hmm. note. Mm-hmm. There's some... Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like... So the sweetness, I think you could describe, is almost like, um, you know, some quick breads or something like that. Yes. You know, like a, you know, an unleavened, sweetened bread, you know, a cake or like that type thing. You know, maybe... Um, You know, if you're making like a raisin quick bread or something like that, where it's kind of cakey, lots of, you know, with a lot of, you know, vegetable oil in it type thing. And then it gets a little fruity, like you mentioned. And then I think, again, if we didn't know it was rye, we might, yeah. might not notice it. But I think at the end, when it's going away, you get this little bit of spiciness that could be attributed to the rye. Yeah, I mean, cause it, walking down the, the produce aisle in my mind, what immediately came to me is, is, is romaine lettuce for some reason. I, it's a sort of a crispness to it, uh, a slight green note with a, a bit of with a pepperiness at the mm-hmm. end. That pepperiness almost certainly comes from the rye and, and from the yeast itself. There is... That overall, the the sweetness, the, the, the citrusy note goes away, and you're left with a slight resiny note that, that leans kind of kind of in the radish direction. This one's a confusing one. Mm-hmm. It's really sweet. I tried holding it in my mouth for a while to see if more flavors would soak in, and I noticed how carbonated it was. I was just getting all the zing on it my tongue when I was holding it in my mouth. The weird thing is what's popping into my mind are potatoes. I don't know why. Because I don't taste potatoes here. Maybe there's a, a little bit of potato starch that I am thinking of when this is coming through. Potato skins, maybe? I don't know. I mean, almost like maybe if... I mean, you're, maybe you're talking me into it, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of imagining, like, you know, new potatoes, like mm-hmm. like the skins off of new right, potatoes, right. something like that. that. Yeah, that's where I'm aiming at. It's a, it's a very... Con- a little dusty. It, it's, I mean, it's hard to put words to, but, I mean, it's, a, it's an easy drinker. I'm just yeah, drinking oh, it. Yeah. it. It tastes good. It doesn't really fit in any style per se i'm like where would this go maybe maybe just amber ale you know it's hard to say but it's a pretty unique amber ale mm-hmm. yeah it's not as boring as most amber ales 
<laughs> there's there's a lot of flavor here, a lot to delve into. But trying to figure out these individual components is is mm-hmm. getting to be a little bit hard. Like I say, I'm actually leaning towards some greens, maybe watercress too. That's sort of a peppery component with with uh, with, with this watery mm-hmm. component. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, I just feel stymied. Alfalfa sprout, something along those lines. I'm not willing to commit to the produce aisle yet, but I'm stymied by what I am tasting here. But don't let that make you think that we're not enjoying it. It's, no, it's... We, I, I think that strangely, the ones that we are the most confused about tend to be the ones that we kind of enjoy a lot. I wouldn't say the most, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it's... Sometimes we're confused because they're radical new flavors that we don't know. Yeah. And we're like, oh, this is awesome because it's something radical and new. This isn't necessarily radical and new. It, but it, it's, it's combinations that it, we're not used to. Yeah, it's somewhere... Yeah, it's it's definitely new combinations of of things. And that's always good. We love to see that. We love to see when stuff comes out that it's like, what the heck is this? Because, let's face it, we've been doing this show for so long, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of yeah. standards. Most of the time, the what the hecks are a radical new flavor, so it's also yeah. very cool to have pretty standard flavors and still be like, huh, what the heck? Where'd yeah. that come from? Yeah, the, the, the interesting combination of flavors that we're used to just presented in different ways gives you something that I like you said eminently drinkable mm-hmm. really uh for for what it is I mean I struggle to say balance because I I don't know if I could even you know <laughs> consider it on some sort of balance level it's not overly bitter it, it's not it overly has balance. sweet I mean it smelled sweet first mm-hmm. couple sips t- tasted like a quick bread and then more I got into it the the bitterness kind of came around it wasn't sweet sweet it had a good balance to it and then it was just confounding trying to put words yeah. to what it was tasting like. If, I, if I'm going for just a, and, and you've you've finished yours, but I'm I'm slowly finishing mine. Mm-hmm. If, if I was going for maybe the 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 maltiness, is probably more muffin like mm-hmm. than anything else, right? Uh, so slightly sweet with a, a little bit of a of, of a thickness to it, right? Yeah, muffin's probably a more universal word to mm-hmm. the kind of bread slash cake I was thinking of but alright so the next boulevard yeah, we decided step to step away from the rise for a minute we decided to pull in an IPA because like we we've said before for the last uh, you know 10 or 15 episodes mm. excuse me I had to finish uh, clearing out the water in my uh, glass so we don't want to do IPA shows anymore. We don't want to. We don't want to combine IPAs and shows because it, they tend to obfuscate the question of what they are. Generally, it's just taking a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, we just can't do it. it. It overrides our senses too much. So we like to to push them into other shows. That way, we mm-hmm. can really get the contrast and get what's going on here. This is another of Boulevard's tasting room uh, beers. This is their Mid Coast IPA. It is uh, 
over 100 IBUs, 5.6 within alcohol by volume. It is kettle and whirlpool hopped with topaz, uh, CTZ, and uh, Centennial. CTZs are... CTZ. Um, oh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's Tomahawk Zeus and then the C that's um, related to those guys. Um, I can't... Why am I drawing a blank on that one? Did Citra? No. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, Tomahawk Zeus. There's there's a hop and it had different brand names. Uh-huh. Tomahawk was one. No, I'm confusing mine. Zeus wasn't part of that, I don't think. Eh. Well, those are your kettle anyway, hops. Yeah. So th- these are your bittering ones. Your your topaz, CDZ, and Centennial. Then you're dry hopping, which are basically your aroma and your uh and and, and additional flavoring, your Centennial Amarillo, Topaz, and Citra. More citra. If only we had a tool to tell us what hops are. Columbus, Tomahawk, Zeus. Columbus. Well, this one's not ambiguous on the nose. No. This one smells like an IPA. It smells deliciously hoppy. As soon as I crack the cap, I could smell the hops coming out (laughs) of the bottle. So pineapple, a little bit of actually passion fruit. Oh, yeah. Yep. I didn't first couple sniffs again. I was acclimating to the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? So I just smelled pine, just generic piney hoppiness, right? And then you know, third sniff in, it's not piney hoppiness. It is a can of pineapple and pineapple juice. You know, mm-hmm. that's just what you smell. It's almost straight on. Interesting. The color is uh, it's a cloudy yellowish color verging on just a bare orange in that yellow mm. it's just uh it's almost clear, it's clear what are you talking about almost clear mine's almost clear <laughs> I poured yours first didn't I maybe not mine is here let me see yours I want to see it mine is essentially a Yours is cloudier. I want to see if yours smells as bright as mine. All right. No, here, smell mine. Okay. Yeah, yours is is a a lot lot brighter, a lot more hop punch on it. Now, do we blend them together and lose lose the bright glass? I don't know. I actually kind of like the aroma off of mine more because I think that, that there's more complexity coming on with when the yeast and stuff and the other stuff that's in the suspension mm-hmm. is given to it. Now I smell. I'm smelling something from the mint family, like a touch of wintergreen or something like that. Uh, you're not off base. Yeah. Yeah, I can see something along those lines. Yeah, the more I smell it, the more, I, uh, more I'm thinking wintergreen's the, the right one. Like any good IPA, these are ones that we like to smell a lot before tasting. Mm-hmm. So that's a good sign. We haven't tasted it yet to you know give a full thing. But that's always a good sign. When, when yeah. you, you love the way a beer smells, yeah. you just keep smelling it. The hoppiest beer they've ever brewed. Pretty nervy for a bunch of Midwesterners, they say. <laughs> you know, Mid-coast IPA. I like that because... Mm-hmm. Not a lot of coasts in Missouri. (laughs) (laughs) 
Best Buy December 12th again. So, well within its life. Not a beer you want to sell her from the aroma? No, I think you'd lose a lot of the brightness for sure. All right, so sip has a nice full body at first. That's the first thing it filled my mouth. The hops are there, but they're not as bright as they are in the nose, at least from the first sip. You get uh, uh, you get some barley maltiness. It's kind of reminiscent of uh, you know uh, pale malt, maybe with a, an English blend in there. So you have a little bit more unfermented sugars. You get a little bit more body to it, and then the hops come through towards the end. And it it's not it didn't taste nearly as pineapple-y as the nose is. Yeah. But you got um, some orange or, or, you know, like kind of maybe a little pithy part of the orange. You get a little bit, um, probably a touch of grapefruit, a touch of, of something that's a little piney or something like that. Yeah, part of my problem with these overt super IBU beers is that they tend to get pithy and really uh, very resinous. And this mm-hmm. doesn't have as much the resinous quality, but very pithy. So mm-hmm. your grapefruit pith, orange pith, yeah. uh, some lemon pith in there too. I mean, there's, there's a lot of citrusy notes that are coming through here, but the pith is also there. So you get that that off flavor that just, you know, you, you like the... The citrusy compounds, mm-hmm. but then you have the pith, which is just, it's, it's, it's just, hmm. I mean, how do you describe, you just say pithy, and that, and that really does right. do a good description I mean, of it. it's, it's a bitter, you know, I mean, yeah. when you're drinking, when you're eating the fruit, that's the bitter part, yeah. part you stay away from, because it doesn't compare to the rest of the fruit. I, I like the malt in the first part of the sip on this beer. I think it is a very good malt character. It's not, it's not over caramelly. It it almost has, seems like like I said I said there's a bit of an English malt or something like maybe like they use some Maris Otter in part of it with American Pale. It doesn't seem like there's much caramel or anything like that. It doesn't have a bread crust to it. It just has a good, good solid malt front to it. It's I kind really of reminding me of a dinner roll. You know, a nice warm dinner roll or something like that would have the same kind of, which I guess is sort of a small Italian style bread, but. It's a, it's a yeasty bread, you know. It's a it's a yeasty bread with with a slight buttery note to it, and that yeah, it does a, it does a good job there. But then the these pithy notes are just the, the thing that's that's intriguing to me about this is usually I'm really against pithy stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm not enamored with it here, but it's not ruining the beer for me. The, I think that the malt is is doing enough to to offset it that mm-hmm. the the pith. I mean, the pith is a strong note here. This is a very pithy beer. The last, the last step I took it, it, I didn't notice it as much. So let's let's put the pith on the shelf for a few minutes and see if it subsides. Um, last step I took, what popped in my head really confused me. I had to think about it for a little bit to figure out if I was just going nuts or whether it's in there. And that was green banana, or green plantain, and I think it was a combination of the mouthfeel, and maybe some of 
the fruit flavors, but also maybe some of that pith as well, but not tasting as bitter as like a citrus pith. You getting anything? Am I, am, I'm really trying yeah. to search for it, but I'm yeah. not picking up anything vaguely banana-like. Uh, I, you know, appreciate that your ta- your tongue is different than mine, <laughs> but even searching for it, I'm not finding it. It still tastes very pithy. Mm-hmm. It still is bordering between a lemon and a grapefruit without any tardy sourness. And I'm getting... And like I said, dinner rolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that's that's a good description of, of the mall. And bitterness is building on this. Mm-hmm. It's not the last couple sips. Not They're not finding... You know, they're not... Not not a great. It's not going down. It's not very drinkable. As in, like you know, oh my glass is empty already. You know, it's it's. Oh, there's a couple more sips left, and I have a substantial bitterness on the back of my tongue. Yes, and it's not going anywhere. That's kind of what I'm feeling right now. I mean, it's not a bad beer, but it's also it's like oh, there's a few more sips before. We're I, done with I this think one. it. I think it remains a. Well, remains. I I think it is a, a case study in why we try to keep these, why we were trying to keep these IPAs <laughs> yeah. out of, uh, you know, just an IPA vertical show from now on. Because if we were to do this with other IPAs, we just, we, our tongues would get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of happy that our next beer, I believe is going to be considerably sweeter based mm-hmm. on, uh, based on the idea behind right. it. So let's, you know, we one can only hope, but not, not not a bad beer by any means, but not one that I would put on my list of IPAs to mm-hmm. try. All right, final beer of the night is Big Eddie Rye Wine Ale from Jacob Blood and Kugel Brewing Company. Hmm. I'm drinking water. Okay, ten percent IBUs thirty. Or sorry, ten percent alcohol by volume, thirty-three IBUs. Ten percent IBUs. Um, malted with pale and four specialty rye malts. They don't tell us which ones. And hopped with Chinook and Cascade. That should be an interesting combination. It's called Big Eddie because the brewery was born on the Big Eddie Spring in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. All right. It was marketing speak, but it didn't tell us what we were supposed to taste. Oh, we so should. I, uh, I let it go. Before we do this beer, let me pull up the the requisite you, song. You could always do that without talking, and then it could well, be a surprise. I, I wanted to. Uh, sorry. <laughs> All right. So if that happens, that happens. Beer pours very clear, very dark. It looks like. Uh, it looks like a soda almost. If you hold up to light, you can see uh, a nice ruby color to it. Obviously filtered. Mm-hmm. The nose it smells big and, and formidable, malty and boozy. I'm not sure if I'm getting rye right off the bat, but there's a fair amount of collaboration or. Fair amount of uh, collaboration. That's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, no music. I don't know why not. <laughs> is the YouTube is broken? 
Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> too loud. Okay. That was a smooth transition into the commercial. We'll keep this one short and sweet. Uh, thank you, everyone, who has contributed to the show in the past. There are several ways you can contribute to the show, and the easiest way that we really just want you to do is when you go shopping at Amazon, you don't go to their website. You go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And uh, that's, that's it. That's all there is to it. You shop and shop and shop. Do all your holiday shopping there, and it doesn't cost you a penny more. And we get about 6 6.5% of what you spend out of Jeff Bezos' pocket, not yours. Mm-hmm. So that's about it. If you want to give us cold hard cash, there is a donation link on our website. And on our website, there's an Amazon store which has all the Craft Beer Radio approved items. The Spiegel Snifters that we're drinking from. The Xyla Stoppers we use when we uh, seal off big bottles of beer for the show. And uh, a few other neat things. Stainless steel growlers, stuff like that. So... Some homebrewing equipment. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, if you order something in Amazon, you may be featured on Amazon Anonymous. In, in the post show. show. That's it. Thank you very much. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. So I missed some of what you were saying while I was switching up. So what were you saying about the aroma? I was um, saying yummy. Smell yummy. Brown sugar, pomegranate, plummy, sort of? Yeah, I wasn't naming real foods yet. I was just kind of starting with the, the wide field. Mm-hmm. Smells like a barley wine, you know, sweet one. Not too boozy, but it's a potent smell. Yeah. Lots of sort of fruity toffee notes. Toffee's good. But with with like a with a fruit combination, so it's it's interesting. Cherryish. All right, so we're already at fifty eight degrees on this beer, and being ten percent rye wine, we're probably going to warm this puppy up. It's it's nice having this infrared yeah. thermometer. This is I should put this on the Amazon store if it's not there already. Um, I bought this on Amazon. It says the the newbie infrared thermometer. I saw um, sick puppy. From should I drink that talking about this it it was a bargain price I don't remember exactly what I paid it was either like 22 or 12 dollars um, that is a very good deal one, one or the, the other. one that I bought when I bought it was 70 dollars yeah prices come down on these things yeah. I want to say probably 22 dollars for this guy and um, has a little laser that shows where it's pointing tells you the temperature of your hand which is 95 degrees right now and uh it's going to be a new addition to the show because it's very helpful to maybe it's a superfluous stat, but people wonder how we warm these beers up, what temperature mm-hmm. we like them at. At least now we have something quantitative to tell them instead of, oh, it feels like 50. Yeah. I mean, the question is how accurate it is, but it, even if it's within, you know, the area of ours within a few degrees Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. that's still. Mm-hmm. Decent, and if you were listening in a place that doesn't use oh, Fahrenheit, well, here we go. We just press this button right here. All right. Yeah, let's see. This beer is at fifteen point six degrees Celsius. There you go. So, for all you guys who are not in the United States or like to use Celsius, I'm at seventeen. So I'm a little bit warmer. All right. So I'm gonna take a sip. Haven't sipped it yet, but man, this smells delicious. At risk of being too sweet, but here we go. 
I hope the red laser on that thing doesn't cause beer to skunk. I don't think it will. Red, the red light does not do it. That's why red bottles mm-hmm. would be perfect because red light is uh, too low energy. All right, first sip. I, I think the rye is probably going to end up being elusive in this one. It was a very clean beer, malty, a lot of the the toffee and plums, and. Mm. If anything, the rye is coming through with a slight dryness, a slight, again, that slight chalkiness mm-hmm. on the outside. Right. There's a, a a lot of, you know, it's kind of reminded me of an old ale in terms of the fruitiness that's coming through. There's grapey, dark grapes and maybe a slight bit of raisin. And you know, like like Jeff said, plums more more pruned than plums, so you know, more dried, concentrated mm-hmm. sugars. Mm-hmm. Those uh, things that are that are often called dark fruits are are there, but they're slightly brighter than than normal. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm kind of enjoying the way this is this is coming through. I need to give it a few more tastes here. Yeah, the dried fruits are in there. Getting some dried cherries. The um, the rye it's a little juicy fruit, maybe a touch. You know the rye; it's it's suspect. You know we're trying to figure out where it is. It's very very ghostly, but like you mentioned, that chalkiness. I think it might end a drying, yeah, to the end, right? Where if it was just a barley wine, it might be a little more cloying or sweet at the end. Where this one feels like it has this drying character at the end, which helps keep the beer in check because it's a very sweet beer. Yes, it is, and it would be overly sweet if it didn't have some drying effect. The maltiness is is another, another sweet malt, kind of cakey. I'm thinking something along the lines of of a carrot cake or mm-hmm. a coffee cake. Hmm. Not sure I'd want to hold twelve ounces of this thing. <laughs> it, it's a lot, it, you know. It's high in alcohol, and there's a lot of sweetness mm-hmm. here. It's kind of a fruit cakey mm-hmm. beer, so you're getting just a whole bunch of sweetness just thrown on top of you, and and as opposed to a fruit cake, not a lot of spices to right, right. hit it. There, there is some, and I'm wondering whether some of this is some is some of the remnants of the IPA because I'm getting some bitterness there and I'm not sure whether that's just sort of the, uh, the IPA. A, I mean it's 10% you know yeah there has to be some bitterness here, to and there's I have 33 IBUs there's a, a yeah. decent amount of bitterness here but the bitterness itself is coming across as, as vaguely piney more along the the cascade line than anything else I think Good for you. I really am not getting can't get into that deep. I could be way off. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to tell with, with with these flavors going on. But the interesting thing here that I'm that I'm not noticing that I think would help is is an addition of not necessarily saying spices 
like like a sort of a nutmeg or cinnamon mm-hmm. to add, but but a, a more phenolic yeast might help here to give it a slight uh, to to push some of that sweetness off a little bit to to balance out to give something extra. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things you could do. You know, something that's a little more well attenuated. You know, something a little, make a beer that's a little more fermentable, so it comes out a little bit drier. Mm-hmm. You know, you could still have some great concentrate flavors in there. Like this does have some really good concentrate flavors. It just is a little too sweet yeah. to to really deliver a well. I mean, we've only had half a glass. We've only had six ounces. I mean, I've only drank four and a half. You've drank three. And I've had about enough, you know. It's, it's, it is kind of, it is pretty sweet. It is a little bit cloying. Not, not, well, cloying is, is a strong word. I don't know if it, it's cloying in the sense that, like, a, a a a sugar drop is cloying or or rock candy can be cloying but this is still there's a lot of sweetness here and and it it takes some effort to deal with <coughs> excuse <coughs> excuse me i would i would use cloying on this in this case uh, i find this one significantly sweet i'll turn down greg's microphone there while he's uh Wrong dying way. dying on us here there. Wrong pipe. Your mic's, Sorry. your mic's back up. And uh, I would use cloying on this one just because. Uh, but I've had sweet like really sweet, so super sweet beers, and this is not quite there, but it's it's getting close. So it's cloy adjacent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mini cloy. Yeah. All right. So let's get some, get some orders down here. Let's rank these bad boys. Right, those suckers. Yeah, I almost used a dirty word. Getting ahead of myself. Got you know, save those for the post show. Um, hmm. <laughs> All right, I got it. I'm gonna start from the bottom. At right. the bottom, I'm going to put the RKDALs of Sky High Rye. Um, that that zinginess uh, after tasting the other beers, I'm still not convinced that there wasn't a minor infection going on in the bottle. Um, and even if it wasn't, it it, it didn't have. Uh, oh, how do I want to put that? Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what I wanted to say there. What I was going to say was off base, and I don't want to say that out loud, so I'm not going to. Um, pussy. Yeah, I know. I'm a nice guy. I put the RKDLs number four. Then let's move on. I'm going to put. I'm going to put Big Eddie number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked that concentrate fl- fruit flavors. Uh, the rye was was very elusive. Still don't know what that yeah. is. Maybe providing that drying bit, but you know we talked about how it was good that it was drying. And then two minutes later, we're talking about how the beer's too sweet. So wasn't drying enough, no. apparently. And uh, then number two, three, or no, number two, I'm sorry. I'm going to put the IPA from Boulevard, the the Midcoast IPA. And um, wonderful aroma, good beer. I love the malt part of it. That pith that Greg really got hung up on, and I'm going to have to agree, that was a detriment to the beer. It, it kept it from being good, drinkable, very bright, very juicy. Uh, it took a toll on the beer. And that leaves the beer we had nothing to say about. The Westside Rye Ale as my favorite beer of the night. It was very drinkable. My glass found itself very empty very quickly. And um, 
sweetness was nice, then it kind of balanced out, and then you notice the bitterness towards the end of the glass. Um, I couldn't figure out what I was tasting then. I'm not definitely going to do it now, but it was a very drinkable beer that I enjoyed. So that's it. Okay, so my number four is going to be um, this one we're drinking now, the Big Eddie. It's just it's overly uh, cloying with now. Now I'm saying cloying. So yeah, you are. So so take that as you will. So it's overly sweet without having a decent balance to to offset the sweetness. Uh, and I don't think you necessarily need a decent, a, a huge amount of hops there, but some spiciness would have helped. Something to give it some phenolic a bit would have helped. Number three, Midcoast IPA. Like Jeff said, like we said before, a little bit too pithy for my tastes, but you know, I see what they're attempting, and, and it's 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 good. Now, number two is is the West Coast Rye, West Side, with West Coast. No, West, West Side, Side Rye, Rye Mid Coast yeah. was the IPA. West Side Rye, uh, yeah, just just a, a plain old enjoyable beer, and hard to figure out, but in a good way, in the way that uh, you probably want to take a couple and be like, <laughs> let me keep trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, Jeff didn't like it, but I actually kind of really did enjoy the Sky High Rye. I liked the peaches that were coming through. I liked the other flavors that were there. So I, I, I'm i in favor of the Sky High Rye. That's my number one. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. You can visit our website and find out all kinds of great information about us. You can email us. You can search uh can't really search anything anymore. No. No, I'm getting ahead of myself there. But you can find us on Twitter. I am at Jeff Bear. Greg is at CBR Greg. I am. Um, there's the at Craft Beer Radio. There is Facebook and Google Plus, which you don't pay very much attention to. If you make a lot of noise, I'll probably see you, but you're going to have to make a lot of noise. Um, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website to figure out what that means. And, of course, any music that we steal for the sound beds at the beginning or the end is not covered under the Creative Commons license. We're not sure if we're allowed to do that, but we're going to try. So, there you go. Thank you very much for listening. See you next week. Bye.